You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 284. I am Jimmy Kempsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Got big news to get to this episode with the Eagles having traded for Bears defensive end, Robert Quinn. But before we get to all that, I need to know where I can find the finest meat snacks in the land. Well, Jimmy, it's not a true emergency podcast because we're recording it i guess on the day after by the way um i used to date someone who uh i use that oh, term flex i know big big flex i have dated somebody <laughs> uh just the one time but uh that I, I brought up the term emergency podcast too and her not being like the biggest sports person she's like what are you talking about like why is that an emergency and it is kind of funny obviously i guess you know it's tongue-in-cheek <laughs> but it is it kind of yeah. does speak to maybe how we take things like way too seriously. Like this is an, an, constitutes an emergency in uh, our business. But anyway, tangent aside, um, this is BGN Radio brought to you by Right to Spell and Craft Jerky. Go to RightToSpellin.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. It's going to keep it there because we do have a trade to talk about. And it's one that we kind of already talked about. Um, so uh, if you listen to our Monday BGN Radio episode earlier this week, number 283, we kind of got into, I think, some of the pros and cons of this move already before it happened. Mm-hmm. But now we have, you know, the actual situation. So I guess uh question for you, it's like, what's your initial reaction and how would you grade it? I think it's a great deal for the Eagles. Uh And I should start by saying that the negatives that I brought up from the last episode was I actually watched him pretty closely when they played the commanders uh did i mention this or not i know yeah, i mentioned you did. You did. <laughs> on the pot okay i did I, I watched him play against the commanders on their thursday night game and yuck like i didn't like what i saw mm-hmm. he was just getting owned uh all night by charles leno mm. uh, who isn't exactly a stud left tackle uh one-on-one for, for the most part uh throughout the the duration of that game so i was kind of off him at that point but for the compensation that it cost to get him, it's fantastic. I mean, a fourth round pick is fine. What like for, you don't want to just be blowing fourth round picks, but to get the Bears to also pay his salary this season yeah, is crazy to me. Why would the Bears agree to do that? It's crazy to me. I guess to get a higher pick of, in theory, like maybe the Eagles would have been only willing to give a lower pick, or teams would have been willing to give a willer pick. But even but I so I can see that, and that's probably right. Like a fifth, but maybe it's, been a, a fourth fifth. round pick still isn't that great. Like it's a no. it's a. It's a, it's a fine enough pick. Like you can find good sure. role players. Maybe occasionally you'll find a good starter there. But uh, for the most part, fourth round picks don't pan out. So for them to take a four, I think part of the benefit for a rebuilding team 
is to get that guy off your books so you can have that money to spend on another free agent potentially during the next offseason. So for Howie to get them to take on that salary is pretty impressive. So I do think it's a, it's a move that makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. And he can be something of a Chris Long or Ryan Kerrigan type of addition. Oh, wow. they, they'll hope he's more like Chris Long and yeah. Ryan Kerrigan, of course. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he'll, he'll sort of fill the role that they had in mind for for uh, Derek Barnett, who, if everyone recalls, was lost. Was it week one or week two that week he went one. down? Week one with the ACL tear. So um, they needed more depth at a defensive end in my position. And in this acquisition, they don't get the star pass rusher like like the Brian Burns. They get more of like the second tier type guy where I put guys like Danico Autry mm. from the Colts or Jerry Hughes from the Texans. Uh, and and I think Robert Quinn is sort of right in that mix too. Um, like we also mentioned on the last podcast, his production from year to year is all over the map. <laughs> so like in 2018, 6.5 sacks, 2019, 11.5 mm. sacks and 2020 way down to two sacks <laughs> last year. 18.5 sacks. It's crazy. He's 18.5. And then this year, he's played in all seven games, started all seven games. He's got eight tackles in one sack. So, like, his production this year is way, way down. Difficult player to kind of try to figure out. I'm looking forward to watching more of him than just one Thursday night game against the Commanders. I'll have a, maybe a more well-rounded, better-informed opinion of, of what I've seen out of him. But so far, not very productive. But for me, I'd give the grade. I grade the trade just on immediate reaction, somewhere like a B plus. Okay, yeah, I'm there too. I think some of the reaction was a little bit strong to me because um, I'm obviously I'm a bona fide hater. But uh, I just I, some of the reaction was like, oh, they got Robert Quinn, the guy with 18 and a half sacks last year. And yes, I get why you would you know be excited about that. And I'm not saying don't get excited. I'm just saying I don't think this move is necessarily like a home run. I think it's a good move for sure. I would agree with mm-hmm. you. I'd be like B B plus somewhere around there. But there are some like drawbacks and. It's it's like the worst case scenario is they traded a fourth for Ryan Kerrigan of last year, a guy who like isn't really going to make an impact, kind of just going to be invisible. That's probably the worst mm-hmm. case scenario, which is not really a worst case scenario, but that would still like not be a good situation. You know what I mean, it's not just like they added a bona fide star, no questions about it. This guy's going to dominate. Um, you mentioned he had those you know seasons where the sacks fluctuated. He also didn't miss a lot of time. To be clear, it's not like you know he got hurt and he only had a couple sacks because mm-hmm. he wasn't playing. Um, so on, on the positive side there, uh, he, I don't think he's, he, he's, he hasn't missed many games since 2017. There was, there were a couple of years there where he had injury issues in 2015 and 16. By the way, it's so funny how this dude has been around for like a long time now. Like he actually played for the St. Louis Rams and is still yeah. in he was the top NFL. 10 pick. I think he was the 10th overall pick he, when he, he came out. He was around there. Um, and I remember when he had like that huge season back in the day too, the 19 sack season. And it's like, man, this guy's going to be like a problem for a mm-hmm. long time. And then he kind of like weirdly fell off and he wasn't. Um, <laughs> yes. Then he kind of, I remember he had that good season with the Cowboys and I was like, man, that was a pretty good pickup for them, but only lasted one season there. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah. So I think the Eagles are making a worthwhile risk for sure. Especially as you pointed out with the bears taking on the salary um, they have him under contract for the next two years at relatively high cap numbers. It's like what, like thirteen million and fourteen million or um base salary remaining. Mm-hmm. And obviously none of that's guaranteed. So uh they don't have to pay that. If he stinks, they can just move on, cut him after this year. Mm-hmm. And if he's good, um they can talk to him potentially about a restructure and, and try to figure mm-hmm. something out. Um or trade him again if they if they feel like what's that what's Charlie doing Char- over there? <laughs> 
He doesn't like okay, the trade. He doesn't like the trade. You don't like the trade? I don't like think it. he likes the trade. Or maybe he's so excited that he's dry heaving. <laughs> is he all right? Oh, there's a dry heave. Okay. Oh, there yeah, he just did a little dry heave. Um, it's pretty gross, Charlie. Getting back to Robert <laughs> Quinn of it all. Uh, the big thing that everyone is mentioning, mentioning, and I think in terms of low sack production this year, is that he's getting double teamed a lot. Uh, Seth Walter, ESPN, tweeted mm-hmm. out that like uh, pass for us win rate slash double team rate graphic. And it's like Miles Garrett, Aiden Hutchinson, and Danico Autry, and Jerry Jerry Hughes is nearby too, and Micah Parsons is nearby, Demarcus Lawrence is kind of nearby, Zadarius Smith is also above Robert Quinn. Those are like the guys who are getting double teamed the most in the league. Okay. Now, you know, Robert Quinn's pass for us win weight is like win rate is lower than guys like, you know, Micah Parsons and Miles yeah. Garrett and Demarcus Lawrence and a lot of those names. But um I think the respect that he commands, there's value in that. I was kind of joking mm-hmm. um to you. Uh, and, and Dan and Dave and a little text thread that we have, like maybe like the market inefficiencies to find a player who isn't even necessarily good, but other teams think is good because then they're going to respect him and double team <laughs> right. him anyway. Um, I like that. Yeah. Uh, but that joke aside, the other big reason why I think, you know, we're seeing a decline in production is the bears traded Cleo Mack and that's kind of a big deal. So it's not like you have to worry about him anymore being on the team. And I certainly think, you know, Robert Quinn is now like the clear top edge rusher there in Chicago. So he's getting all that extra attention. Um, last couple of things. Yeah, I'll here, say. here are the names on, on that point, just to piggyback off you. Here are, the, here are the remaining starters for the Bears, at least according to Pro Football Focus. Like I'm looking at these names. They just have like the last names here. I don't even mm-hmm. know who these players are. So it's Gibson, G-I-P-S-O-N. It's Travis Gibson. He's their new mm-hmm. uh, right defensive end with, with Quinn gone. Uh, defensive tackle Justin Jones, uh, defensive tackle uh, Angelo Blackson, hmm. and uh, other defensive end Al Kadeen Muhammad. From our Colts, so player. I mean, you have of course he's going to get more attention than any of, than any of yep. those guys. So maybe that has something to do with his low production this year. Again, I, I'm I'm interested in digging in and looking at you know his actual games and what he's what he actually looks like on the field. But yeah, of course he's going to get more attention than any one of those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also think there's something to the fact that he can be more productive in Philly from not having to play as much as he did in Chicago. Not just the you know the double team factor, which it seems like it'd be harder for him to get double teamed here, but also he doesn't have to play. Um, you know, they just like to rotate their defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. So I think um, as long as no one's unhappy about that and you can keep him happy that way, right. I think that can keep him fresher. And you don't need him to be 18 and a half sack, Robert Quinn. That's not that's not the player you traded for, especially at that price and having him paid that salary. You're not you didn't trade for that player in mind. You traded for a player like you mentioned who can kind of be a nice rotational uh, piece, um, uh, like like a Chris Long. I guess one question for you: What percentage, if any, do you think this has to do with Brandon Graham showing up on the injury report with a hamstring injury? Not that it's, it seems like he's still going to play this week, mm-hmm. to be clear, but like. That that also I'm like just seeing him on the injury report like that, and then this trade happening made me kind of go like, hmm, I wonder if that's like related at all. So it was interesting because when I saw his name pop up on the injury report, he was it came as a surprise to me because in the locker room yesterday he was holding court at mm-hmm. his at his, at his locker stall for like twenty minutes, which is an eternity <laughs> for one of these for these players. You know, gregarious ask answering question after question after question as he normally does. So I didn't. I don't know if he talked about his hamstring injury at all. No, certainly, nobody would have asked him about it because nobody right. knew about it. He's coming off a bye, um, 
So I don't know if he volunteered it at all. I'm, I'm assuming he didn't, or else it would have. I probably would have seen it on Twitter or whatever. But when I saw his name pop up, I was like, "Oh, that's weird," because he was like, he was talking. Normally, if players are injured, they don't talk in the in the locker room. He's a different kind of guy in that regard. Uh, but yeah, it did come as a surprise. So I don't know if it has anything to do with him being injured, but maybe it has more to do with them not waiting. So the last that the deals that Howie has made, uh, the last. I guess the last four trade deadline deals that he's done, three of them have been on the deadline day and the other was the day before the deadline day. So maybe the Brandon Graham hamstring injury sort of spurred Howie to make the deal sooner than later. Um, So yeah, maybe that had something to do with it. I didn't even consider that, but um, yeah. And certainly you want to get guys in as quickly as you can and have them playing for you. Uh, as quickly as you can. I guess the Bears just weren't getting anything else even close to what the Eagles were were willing to give them, maybe. I don't know. But um, it'll be interesting to see. Do you think he'll play this week, Robert Quinn? Yeah. They'll get him in here and, and, and get him. Because it's not like it's a if, – if you're just a, a defensive end and you're going to be a rotational guy, it's really not that difficult to get you – just pass rush situations only. Right. Like it's not that hard to, uh, you know, sort of get that guy into your defense immediately – and then you bring them along on on some of the you know more scheme stuff uh, as you as you go along, but just to put them in on obvious passing downs and say go get the quarterback, that's not that difficult to to, to insert the guy into the lineup. Yeah, I think he'll have some kind of role, um, and and maybe in part two because of Brandon Graham's status, I think again he's still going to play, but maybe you'd like to ideally even keep him on more of a pitch count than normal with that hamstring, or have him around just in case. Um, Graham tweaks something maybe, and then you have to kind of rely on him maybe a little bit more than you would expect. So yeah, I do think so. And I think, you know, uh, you know, you can kind of ask who's going to start, but it doesn't really matter because they're going to rotate him anyway. Right. Mm. Like it's not starting. Isn't really the more relevant thing because in theory you could start and not play as much. Um, you might not get the total, uh, the highest. Snap right. Count like AJ end. Brown didn't start that one game sure. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he just wasn't in the game on the first snap. So yeah, it's starting games. Isn't, uh, it, like you said, it's not really that. But who do you think relevant. will get the most snaps? Uh, is it still? Because right now, I think it's like Hassan Reddick has been getting the most recently in terms of if we're talking about edge rushers. I think mm-hmm. he's kind of consistently been leading um, the past couple games from doing those snap count breakdowns. And then it's like Josh Sweat. And then. Yeah, I think uh, Quinn will eat into a little bit of Sweat's mm. snaps. I think the, I think Sweat's playing more snaps than they ideally prefer. Because they've been actually forthright about he's getting rest days during the early portion of practice, like the early practices during the week. Not because he's old, like these other guys that get the rest days, like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and, and Jason Kelsey. He's getting them because he's got a knee issue. Mm-hmm. So they don't want him playing the the amount of snaps that he's playing, I don't, I don't think. So I, I would imagine, and and he has been playing a lot of snaps because Derek Barnett got hurt. Are you referring played. to the college knee issue still thing, or, or knee issue, or are you saying I believe that's like so. not on the record? Are you saying are you breaking? Oh news no, here? it's on the record. No, no, he's he has said it during okay. during press conferences. I think uh, he's he's just kind of mentioned it offhand about you know him getting rest days because of mm-hmm. his knee. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's a it's a super debilitating thing for him, but they do give him time off during the week. Yep. And I don't think they want him playing the, the number of snaps that he's playing again, because I think they had those sort of some of those earmarked for Derek Barnett. So Quinn will get those, True. but they'll also get like, also take snaps away from, from other people as well. I don't know. I think he's mostly played on the right side. So I'm curious how much he'll even take away from BG 
and and Reddick when he play, when Reddick plays on the left side. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Sweat's uh, snaps are probably going to come down a little bit. Yeah, and that's not an indictment of Sweat either, as much as it's just mm-hmm. like you talked about that and just being able for everyone to get more high quality snaps and then to give you know more effort and ju- not that they're dogging it, but like you know to give more effort. Uh, the one thing I the last thing I'll say about Quinn because I kind of brought up that point in the episode we did earlier this week. I wonder um, if he has been dogging it at all in Chicago. And I guess I didn't realize he's a team captain, which makes me think he wasn't, <laughs> which is almost, well, it's nice you're getting a team captain. Um, you saw Rokon Smith's reaction. Put a shirt over his face. Yeah, like, uh, wait. During, during his interview. Oh, yeah. Did he, did he find out during his press conference that? It seemed like right before. It seemed like he found out like, okay. literally like right before he went on. And yeah, he was, you could see, he was really bummed. Um, so I think Quinn definitely has some gravity in the locker room, which I think is a nice mm-hmm. bonus. But at the same time, it's kind of funny. It's almost like a bad thing in the sense that, okay, this is a guy who is respected by his teammates, which would kind of point to me that he hasn't been dogging it, <laughs> which is right. like, which you don't want a player dogging it. But if you have a player who's not producing and you want to explain why they're not pro- producing as much, maybe you'd be like, well, they're just dogging it on a bad team. I think there's some truth <laughs> yeah. to that. I mean, he can't, maybe his whole heart isn't fully invested in it because he didn't really want to be there in Chicago. That much was kind of made apparent in the off season. He wanted to trade or he was asking for one or whatever, um, but they didn't. And he was still there. And now he's on a team that's gone from, I know the bears just won, but like, you know, come on. I mean, they're realistic about their situation or they wouldn't have just traded him. Right. Uh, so, and I was going to the undo- only undefeated team in the league. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure uh, Chris Long, who we played with once upon a time, you know, is probably in his ear a little bit there and yeah. being like, hey, man, this is like a great opportunity for you. You're going to love it there. So, yeah, I think the vibes are are positive. Uh, Do you think that gives the rest of the Eagles like players to does it give them a little juice heading into this game? Like, oh, we got we got this. We got yeah, this new player. I think so. And and do you think that like kind of perks them up a little bit for an opponent that frankly stinks coming up on Sunday? And we'll get to that in a little bit. I think it does. Uh, but. I think we saw that with the Broncos. You know, they traded for Ajayi and then they blew out the Broncos. And I'm not saying That's it's right. just because of that, but I do think yeah. there's something to, if you're a player, I mean, you see all this news too, and you're like, hey, the team believe, the, 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 the Howie and the front, they believe in us. They believe in mm-hmm. this team. They're trying to make us better for a reason. Let's go out there and, like, you know, justify this. Like, if, if they're going to, you know, like we're going all in, then we have to be all in. So, yeah, I definitely think there's a, a vibe boost there. What else do we have? All right. So, uh, of course, to make room for Quinn, the Eagles had to make a, a they, they they had to get rid of somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they had to get somebody. Somebody had to come off the fifty-three man roster, and that was Teron Jackson, who the Eagles waived. Uh, I assume if he makes it through waivers, uh, they'll try to bring him back on the practice squad. We'll see. Um, but really the, that weird. was a guy that they is, he had a good camp. Yeah, I thought uh, was disappointing in the preseason games. But mm. still, I guess did enough to make the initial fifty-three man roster. But they didn't trust him to play in games, or Clearly. else he would have played. He played twenty-seven snaps in the regular defense through the first eight games. Mm. Again, excuse me, six games. Again with Barnett tearing ACL week one. So there were plenty of opportunities for for him to get in the game. And they just didn't just didn't play him. It's a bummer. To say more more than that about him. They did act. They activated the twenty-one day practice window for Tyree Jackson, which I think is interesting. Because if you do bring him back at some point, again, that's another player that has to come off the 53-man roster. I don't know who that would be. So, like, did, did they keep four tight ends? Like, what do they do at that they point? Might. I mean, they're clearly planning on that because I don't think they want to cut Calcaterra. 
and yeah. it looks like they're number two. So the, I, I think that the Tyree, I mean, I think he's your number three in normal if like Goddard's healthy. Although I think he has kind of the potential to bump up to number one if Goddard would get hurt because more of his you know pass catching ability. I don't think they would just bump up um, Stoll to that role. So uh, yeah, I think he's going to be the number three tight end like he was last year. And I think Calcaterra is going to be a healthy scratch. And I think they're going to keep four. Do you disagree? No, I think that's probably right. Uh, it's just a matter of who who's got to go, which is a tough call because <sighs> they, it like you can't, you look at this roster and you like you kind of like I want to keep all those all these players. Well, you this can I mean? transition us into our last roster thing here, which is the Eagles re-signed old friend Greg Ward now wearing thirteen yes. instead of eighty-four um, because who has eighty-four? I forget. It, um, uh, the tall receiver from from Cincinnati. Auden Tate. Yeah, Auden Tate. yeah. yeah. So uh, there's been some speculation that the Eagles could just cut Covey and then, you know, do what they were Mm -hmm. kind of doing with Covey with G Ward on the practice squad, like elevate him for three games to kind of just be their punt returner for a little bit and not have to use that roster spot. Um, Yeah. I mean, Covey's the place to start, right? Like, I don't think he's been great. I mean, you can still keep him. You can bring, you can cut him and probably bring him back on the practice squad. I don't think anyone's like coming for him and I don't think he's been anything so he's already that, been caught once, and nobody yeah. picked, and nobody claimed him. So and he was on the practice squad, for, and he hasn't done anything this year where no. teams are taking notice and they're like, "Oh, we got to get yeah, that guy." Exactly. <laughs> so I think you know he's an easy name to cut there. Um, another way they could open up a roster spot. Uh, are you good on the roster stuff? Because this will transition no, to the yeah. big remaining question: Are the sure. Eagles done? Because you know they could open up a roster spot by trading away a player. And interesting to me, a lot of buzz about Andre Dillard. We talked about him earlier in the mm-hmm. week. But um, I believe it was uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler who also brought him up, mentioned that like mm-hmm. teams are kind of calling around on him. And then uh, Jordan Schultz from The Score also reported that on uh, Wednesday, which tells to me the Eagles are sort of shopping him. Or like they're they're putting it out there at least that like, hey, he's available. Like come call in. Like, that, that's how I read that. I don't know about you. Or uh, it just seems uh, interesting to me that multiple reporters are reporting that kind of same thing. And I think we've said the same thing about Dillard for a long time uh, in that, like, you don't just give him away, but uh, I guess what's the, what's the lowest you would give him up for again, the lowest price. So me personally speaking, I would give, I'd trade him for a three, like a high three, right? Like a, a team, high three a team. That that's a weird, bad. that's a, so you'd have, and if you're going to trade him, there's, you're not going to get a bad team trading for him. You're going to get a team that has left tackle issues that thinks they're contender. You never know. Or else you wouldn't. Yeah, I guess that's true. There are a lot of dumb, <laughs> dumb teams out there. So for me, it would have to be like a high three. So if it's a low three or it's a team that I think is going to be good and yeah. their three is going to wind up being at yeah. the end of the round, then I want a three and a day three pick. Sure. I don't think the Eagles are letting him go for anything less than a two. So there was the mm. reporting by Fowler who said that teams around the league think it should be around a three. Yeah. yeah okay. They can think that all they want. But I don't think Howie's letting him go for anything less than the equivalent of a two, which mm-hmm. I actually think makes sense because the Eagles have so many free agents that impending free agents coming up, this or players that are scheduled to be free agents this offseason. They're going to be in the comp pick game again sure. for the first time in a long time. So Dillard is a guy, you look at like that, the big V contract that he yeah. got from the Lions a few years. Is, is Dillard going to get a better contract than Big V? Because that one Maybe? was like a fifth, right? I think that only warranted yeah, so a fifth. Yeah, that was a fifth. I think you can count on uh, roughly a fifth for, for Dillard yeah. if uh, if he were to hit the market. So would you rather have D- a full season of Dillard plus the fifth 
and a little peace of mind that if you have multiple injuries along your offensive line, including one to your mm. left tackle, then in a, in a season where you think you have a chance of winning a Super Bowl, I don't think you just give that guy up for, for you know, for an okay reach. Again, I would do it for, like I said, the equivalent of a high three, but I don't think they're doing it for less than what the, for less than the equivalent of a two. Um, again, this is just only on draft pick compensation. Mm-hmm. They could very well trade them for a player that can also right. help them this year. But um, yeah, I do think they're not, I don't, not that I think, I know that they are certainly willing to, mm. to deal him should the right offer come along. Yeah, I think I'm doing like earliest three. I think I have to do that. It's because it's the roster spot as well. That's there's value in like having an open roster spot mm-hmm. that you can use on a player who you know ex- you might be able to trade for. Example, like again, um, and you said there's a lot of good players here, so ha- there's ro- there's value in that roster spot as well as opening that. And like we saw, Jack Driscoll can play left tackle, and the offense can be functional. It's not ideal. You don't ideally want that, but like he, it's not such a bad liability. And then. You know, we talked about Tyree Jackson being uh, his window being opened on the pup list. You still have Brett Toth on the pup list. And is Brett Toth the most proven commodity ever? No, but he's still around. And I think he has taken some decent reps before. So that's like, it's another piece you have in addition to having a guy like Roderick Johnson, who's played in the NFL before on the practice squad. So point being like, do I feel amazing about any of those names? No, but do I feel amazing about Andre Dillard? No. Like, you know, is <laughs> right, he, we like, don't know that Dillard's good. Yeah, is yeah. he head and shoulder above all those guys for sure? So much that you're not going to trade for a pick. Like, I get the argument that you don't want to touch anything because it's a Super Bowl year. But I think, you know, that's part of the game, though. You're not as as much as the Eagles should be focused on just this year. That's not how he's job. He still has to consider, like, you know, moves in the future. And I think um, it could be best for this team. And like, let's say you trade him for that three or whatever. I think maybe I brought this point up earlier it gives you that flexibility or that peace of mind maybe to trade something else uh to get someone who can help you this year and get yeah. a player at a more helpful position so it's not like it's just a a move that necessarily um is forward thinking and not about this year at all so yeah i would i would be more open to it i think than maybe some people would be um i would i would do an early third probably or a third you know third that has a chance of being early not super late i think i would i would very i'd have to think long and hard about that and i'd probably do it um what's your do you, so take your guess now dillard traded or no i want to say he is i think this buzz is coming. really well this okay. buzz is coming here for a reason i think i think there's there's mm-hmm. some, i don't think it's coming out of nowhere so um and you mentioned a lot of bad left tackle situations in the league um i just i think it could happen yeah and i in the compic thing i i brought this up to you earlier on this this week but like you only get four picks you only get four comp picks and I know there's like cancellations and stuff, but maybe like they might lose a bunch of players and you might not even get anything for him in theory because you're already, the formula doesn't even require him at that point. So uh, I don't know. There's just too much uncertainty there to bank on uh, a future fifth, maybe a best versus a sure like third. Now, um, do you think I'm going to say are... no? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say, say no, they don't, they but don't do you think them. they're done? I don't Dealing. think they're done. No, I think they're going to add another player. Hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll add two, but there are two positions that you look at and you go, okay, th- those are the two positions where it, it makes a lot of sense. The first one is, um, which I actually think is less likely for them to address, but I think the first one in, in my mind would be safety, where I think they need to add uh, depth. better yeah. depth. Not uh, a starter. Behind, behind Epps and, and CJGJ, because you know, we saw what can happen potentially if one of those two guys goes down, because Kayvon Wallace 
just did not look. He very can't good. play. They it just <laughs> it can't. It's not an option. It's not a real <laughs> option. Sunday you night. have to do a different option. Yeah, I mean, maybe the maybe the alternative is they think Josiah Scott can continue to practice at safety all year and maybe be the third safety. Maybe they're mm-hmm. maybe Reed Blankenship can. I don't know. That's As another is, player, by the way, Jimmy. If you're looking for an open <laughs> roster spot, like what's Kayvon Wallace doing here? Like, what is he real value? Is he yeah, really yeah, providing yeah. to the team? As is. Kayvon Wallace is the third safety right now, as they showed when they put him in the game on in a in the most important game of the year so far this year on Sunday night against the Cowboys. So I do think they need better safety depth. We'll see if they and there are other options too. Like in theory, they could just sign Anthony Harris off of True. the Broncos practice squad. Mm-hmm. Um I think the guy that makes the most sense in terms of a trade is Roddy McLeod. He's I, not going to cost a, anything. That's such an obvious name, but it's also a good call by you. It's like, oh, yeah, duh, the Colts are bad. He knows the defense. He can play a rotational role if he need be, like he did last year. Mm-hmm. And a good leader. And, good, uh, good, good, good guy to have in the locker room. Won a Super Bowl with the team. Became sort of the you know leader of the, I guess, at least the back end after uh, Malcolm Jenkins left in free agency for the Saints. Um, but yeah, so the other position would of course be running back where I don't think they're, you know, they, it was reported that they made, uh, sort of a non-offer offer, uh, to the Panthers of, it was either a third or a fourth round pick is the way that I kind of read it. Um, obviously paled in comparison to the deals they, the Panthers had on the table from both the 49ers and the Rams, uh, it goes to the 49ers instead. I do think they're still in the market for a running back. Mm. Be, my 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 understanding is they There's would the word. prefer not not to have <laughs> not to have Boston Scott have to carry the load. Just Boston they Scott. Should. They feel good about Kenny Gainwell. So Kenny Gainwell, I think they still like. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think but it's not like they. Know, I mean, feel good about him as the starter, right? If no, 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 no. Yeah. So he would still remain in that. Um, in, the, in that role that he has carved out, like the two minute role, the obvious passing down role, but he's not going to be a guy that sort of carries the load. Uh, should Miles Sanders go down, it would probably be Boston Scott or Trey Sermon. And I don't think the Eagles are comfortable with either of those two guys in that role. Mm-hmm. Should Sanders go down and Sanders hasn't gotten hurt yet this year. Uh, he also hasn't fumbled yet this year. Knock on what I guess for both of those things. Um, but and he's played well, in my opinion. So I don't think this would be a move that is necessarily uh, a shot at Sanders. But the reality is, last year, he missed games at three different points during the season last year with three different injuries. Yeah. So, the, so he is prone to injury, as most running backs are. You see running backs dropping like flies. Uh, Brees Hall seasons over like that. Jets had to go out and make a, a an, an emergency trade for for James Robinson, and I think that trade, by the way, really set the market for yeah. what the real expectation for running backs is. Not this Christian McCaffrey trade nonsense. That's not a really a running no. back to me. That's also a guy who's a receiver. The James Robinson con- uh, trade is more of what the reality of the running back market is. Where what was it? A six round pick that can become a five. Which is exactly, it's probably going to become a almost five. exactly. Yeah, it, it's a, it's pretty much the same thing that the Eagles traded when they got Jordan Howard, uh, similar a few yeah. years back. So Jordan, the, the guy that I think makes the most sense is David Montgomery, 
who actually is at the same point in his career, roughly, that Jordan Howard was at when the Eagles traded for him. The Eagles traded for Jordan Howard at the beginning of the season as opposed to at the trade deadline. Uh, but Montgomery's sort of in that same area in terms of time left on his contract. Uh, same type of player. I think he makes all the sense in the world. If you can get him for like for I think we mentioned him on the podcast last last or a few days ago or whatever. But if you can get him for like a fifth round pick, done. Like go go get that guy and make sure that you have uh, adequate depth at running back. But also you're going to play that guy too. In addition to Miles Sanders, and I think he'd be a really uh, strong player to have sort of in the second half when you're trying to salt away these games after you blow teams out in the second quarter. Eagles have uh, two fifth-round picks in the 2024 NFL draft, assuming Rager doesn't elevate to a, th- a fourth-round pick. But they don't have any mm-hmm. fifths, I believe, this year left. Um, I think they may have like two sevenths left this year in day three. They've kind of thinned out there. They have a trades. one. They two have ones. two ones, a two, a three, and two sevens. Yeah, so they've thinned out on the day three part. So if they, if they don't add some picks. Day three of the draft is going to be very boring for you and me. And I'm sure they will, you know, because they could easily, <laughs> everyone's talked about, you know, you can easily trade, trade down from the Saints pick yeah. or the Eagles pick or whatever. You could easily trade down. And so i um, not too concerned about that. But um, uh, what were we just talking about? <laughs> I totally uh, running backs, safeties, running backs, yes. trade deadline. Um, I would like Jabril Prepper still just because of the punt return and safety value. Mm-hmm. Although I like Rodney a lot as well. The Rodney point kind of made me think about how, and it's a different situation because that Eagles team obviously had not been to a Super Bowl before where a lot of the players on this roster or a decent amount have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Eagles seem to put a big emphasis on adding like as silly as it may have been like a Will Beattie and a yeah. Daniel Ellerby because they had been there before and they, they thought there was some value in that and having those guys around and knowing what it like took to win a championship and what that looks like. Um, so not that like you need to add Rodney McLeod solely. Yes, for that reason. But if you added, you know, it's a, it's a bonus, like adding him back is, a, you know, again, a strong locker room presence. It's just an extra um, good thing to have. So, yeah, that's a good thing to keep an eye on. Um, all right. Uh, I, yeah, I do expect the Eagles will do something still, too, at running back. Oh, and by the way, here's here's what I wanted to say. Sorry, the Sanders point. Yes, he has been, like, good, but he has not been so good that you, like, should not make a move at running back. And, like, you have to respect him and you can't risk mm-hmm. missing him off. Yeah, end his contract year. I don't know if they're going to resign him. Um, some positive numbers. He ranks fourth in success rate this year, uh, sixth in DVOA. Both of those come from football outsiders. You look at some of the other metrics, though. Yards after contact per attempt. That's at 18th, like in the league. That ranks 18th. Rush yards mm-hmm. over expected. You know, which kind of measures like you know what he reasonably. Because you know, it's one thing to look at a 4.6 average, but like if you have a 4.6 average in terms of yards per carry, and you could have like a 6.7 yards per carry reasonably right. so then that's not good you're underperforming i know like 4.6 is good in the vacuum so in this regard sanders ranks uh, only 19th his pff grade for what it's worth is 32nd out of 55 running backs and this part still has been a big bugaboo for him and really has gone worse every single freaking year which is so weird um his yards per route run is 50th out of 55 running backs do you know what he's averaging in terms of yards per reception this year no he has 11, so he's been targeted 13 times. He has 11 catches for 42 yards. He's 3.8 okay. <laughs> yards per reception. Like, obviously, he's probably not going to be that low the rest of the year, but he was at 10.2 in his rookie season, where it looked like he was great in that regard. Yeah. Dropped to 7, then dropped to 6.1 last year, and now he's at 3.8. So he's consistently gotten worse as a pass yeah, catcher. He's not, he's not Brian Westbrook. And it's not like Kenny Gainwell is giving this team anything as a pass catcher either. Like, he, I think he has eight targets this year for four receptions, and, like... 
no yards, not no yards, but like very low yards. I'll pull it up the stats right here. He has, um, yeah, eight targets for four receptions and 21 yards, uh, 5.3 yards per reception. So like it would be nice if they could get a back who either and like can be a power guy and alleviate Jalen Hurts in that regard uh, and or can actually catch some passes here to some extent. Um, and obviously like a guy like Kareem Hunt can kind of give you that kind of value. So, you know, he's a name to watch, I'm sure, as well. Um, especially with Nick Sirianni, like, hanging out with him before that practice in Cleveland. That was kind of straightforward mm-hmm. or strange yeah. to see. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on running back, certainly, as the deadline approaches. All right, Jimmy, let's take running a break back, here. One more thing. R- running back feels like one of those weird positions where it'll they could make a deal for one, and it would be nobody that we've speculated on at all. <laughs> like like the, the, how he'll trade for a guy, and we go, oh, yeah, okay, that guy makes sense, too. Well, how about I I throw uh, up some names to you uh, so we cover that and then we look smart um, who are realistic. I think Melvin Gordon, you could, you know, tie back to Sirianni. Uh, Jamal Williams, I think is a name that Mm -hmm. could make some sense. The lines being bad and he's in a contract here, I believe, and as some physicality and pass catching ability, both of those Mm -hmm. things. And also like a good kind of leader guy, it seems like, at least from hard knocks, like like a good, you know, voice to have in the locker room. Um, Hunt and than uh, Montgomery. I think those are like the biggest names to watch out for. I think we can forget about Josh Jacobs at this point because yeah, they're not too good. And the Raiders, I don't <laughs> like, think want to give up on their season yet either. Yeah, and also the his cost is going to go way up because he's been awesome the last three oh, yeah. weeks. You'd have to, yeah, agree. Um, all right, before we take a break, Righteous Felon Craft Jerky is the place you want to go for your meat snacks and non-meat snacks if you don't eat meat they have options for you there as well you want to check out the website which is free to go to right to selling.com you check out the store you see if there's anything you like you add it to your cart and then before you check out when it prompts you you want to add promo code bgn15 bgn15 for 15 percent off your order why do you want to do that well it helps support the podcast it helps support yourself with some great snacks it helps support uh, a local business. So wins all around when you go to righttosellin.com and you use discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. Jimmy. Back at, well, you know what? Let's do Kristen Roach now too, because we're only going to do one more segment, I think. No, right? So incorrect. Kristen Roach. Oh, we are going to do three yes. segments. All right. Back after this. <laughs> Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom 
help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here at BGN Radio, Jimmy, where Jimmy doesn't know what's going on in the podcast. All right, so this segment, <laughs> we're going to preview the Steelers game, which we don't have to go super long on, I guess, because this is this is not a game with a ton of juice. Um, the Eagles uh, are coming back from the bye. They are mostly healthy. Uh, the only player, as we noted, who was on the injury report who did not practice was Brandon Graham. Lane Johnson is still in the concussion protocol, but he was limited on Wednesday, and it seems like he's mm-hmm. progressing. To- and he told Jeff McClain, apparently unprompted, <laughs> wasn't even asked uh, if he was going to play. He just told Jeff McClain that he plans on playing. So mm-hmm. things are looking good on that front. Um, the macro view, the Eels are <laughs> better than this team, not just because they're 6-0, um, but just like because the Steelers are have the worst point differential in the league, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. And also, just look at their schedule this year. Like, what? Look at what they've done. What have their two wins been? Okay, they beat the Bengals in Week One in overtime by three points in a game where they had T.J. Watt, which is a big deal because he's like their best player. Uh, yeah. And like, he, he's not a guy who's going to win MVP in part because defensive players won't. But like, he's a legitimate MVP candidate every year. Like, he's that important to the they prior to. Uh, and, and shout out to Shane Half who pointed this out on our new um, EPA podcast here in the bleeding green nation feed uh the Steelers like oh and eight in games that tj watt didn't play since he was drafted they had never won a game until they beat mm-hmm. the bucks uh last week or the other week um so that's the one of their wins an overtime game in week one where they had their very good player and tj watt was um activated his practice window but tomlin said he's very unlikely to play this week yeah um, they have a bye next week he's probably going to be back after that um so they beat the Bengals, who had a bad offensive line and started slow so that was the one of their two wins and the other win was the uh, the Bucks team, where the Bucks just lost and got beat out or blown out by the freaking Panthers. So like, and it also the Steelers only won that game against the Bucks by two points. So like, those are their two wins this year. Yeah, big picture point differential: Eagles are plus fifty six, Steelers are minus fifty five. Hmm. Yardage differential: Eagles plus five eighty, Steelers. I don't know where this ranks in the league. It's got it's got to be like bottom two or three. Minus 670 Mm. turnover differential Eagles plus 12 Steelers minus two. And by the way, in that first week, in that week one game against the Bengals, they turned the Bengals turned it over like five times or something like that. I think in that game. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So for them to be minus two, they've been horrendous in that department and still only win that game by like three points in (laughs) overtime. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they've been a bad team this year. 
you mentioned the two wins that they have uh, against the Bucks and the Bengals. They're actually outgained by 201 <laughs> yards uh, in those two. So they wins. weren't even the better team in those games. They got a rookie quarterback. They have underperforming skill position players. They have a bad offensive line. They have shaky corners. And as you mentioned, TJ Watts hurt. TJ mm. Watt, by the way, had, I guess his original injury was a was a pec strain or, or a pec, some tear, tear of some sort. Uh, not a like not the full like season ending kind of pec injury uh and he was actually uh suspect uh, expected to maybe come back for for roughly this game when he originally got injured but uh he has since also had a scope uh, on his knee mm. which sort of delayed his return and you're right i think he's probably more likely to come back week 10 after their bye than in this and even if he plays in this game i can't imagine he's going to be anywhere near 100 percent. right uh but yeah it's it's their their defensive line isn't they have um uh who's their interior guy uh very cameron hayward yeah he's a very good still player. very good uh high smith is is probably their best not probably it is their best edge rusher otherwise he mm-hmm. has six and a half sacks uh, a few forced fumbles uh, but beyond that, they don't really have anything. So without TJ Watt, this defense is totally different. And it's just it's just not a very good team. This team hasn't had a losing season since 2003, mm-hmm. which is crazy. I mean, that is, uh, that is a, a very impressive streak. That's coming to an end this year. Yeah. Also, did you know they've had, they've led the NFL in sacks in each of the last five years? They've had they've had over fifty sacks in every year of the last five years. This year, I think they have. I think the number is twelve. I think they have twelve sacks so far this year. Mm. Which there's only like five teams that have had fewer. So it's not, like you look at this this Steelers logo and their uniforms. You see that, and like if you've watched football long enough, you go, okay, that's a tough team, very hard to beat. Mm, no, not anymore. When this line came out. Uh, it was minus 11. I think it's now 10 and a half. Um, I think the the jerk reaction, the gut reaction, the immediate reaction was, oh, that's a, that's reaction. a big line. <laughs> Do you know all about yeah, that? Mean, I, I didn't, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you know all about? Yeah. I'm kidding. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean jerk like yeah. uh, that guy's a big meanie. Yeah. Uh, it was more like, you know, the immediate reaction. Uh, was that that line's too big? They should no, check in with the jerks on the lines. Hey, what do you think about this line? <laughs> Ooh, I think this line is too big. Uh, yeah, I think that line is is right about where it should be. Uh, plus or minus ten and a half, minus eleven, somewhere in that range. I think this is a game that the Eagles can uh, certainly and very much should uh, you know win easily. Yeah, I mean, um, you mentioned the de- kind of touched on the defense already. They have some further injuries there. They're missing potentially Levi Wallace. He didn't practice on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. He started the past three games for them at cornerback. They are seemingly getting Akello Witherspoon back, um, so that's a good thing for them. They're also missing, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Josh. What's that guy's name? Josh Jackson, uh, I think. Okay. A backup corner for them is also potential. And then um, uh, another defensive lineman for them. Is uh what's his name uh Larry uh Ogunjobi yeah he also didn't practice on Wednesday so they might even be missing some of their starters or key players yeah. already not you know the best unit to work with um I will say uh Mike Tomlin for as much as uh you know the Steelers have not been good this year that's still a guy that kind of I think gives you some pause sure. rightfully so because he literally has the best record against the spread as an underdog in the NFL since he was hired. Like he, he finds okay. a way to keep, I think games more, 
and he also has a high winning percentage in those teams too. It's still under 500, but still like the point is the Steelers are typically, even for when they're not great, they're still typically not just like a total cakewalk team joke of a franchise. Um, I do think where that could change this year. And I think I'm kind of flipping already from the offense to or defense to the offense. Is there anything about the defense you wanted to highlight? Specifically? No, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's just a very Fitzpatrick's a good player. The, the corners, as you mentioned, are, are banged up, and they've been bad anyway this season. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere where like the uh, wide receivers against them have the highest yardage total in the NFL, I think. So uh, that's not great. Their safeties are good. Like um, yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick is obviously an awesome player, and um, Edmonds, uh, who I thought would have been a nice free agency pickup for the Eagles, <laughs> mm-hmm. signed back with the Steelers, and, and he's been good this season. So. Uh, on the back end, they're fine, but at corner, they're 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 kind of uh they're they're very shaky there. Yeah, I don't think um there's a whole again with with Watt being out, it's just it's tough. It's not a lot a whole lot that you're feeling like amazing about there. Not like a one of the one of the worst defenses in the league, but they're they're not anything you're you're scared of a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, flipping it over to the offense, South Jersey zone. Kenny Pickett is starting against his favorite <laughs> NFL team. Uh, he was actually at an Eagles game, I think, last year. I think he was. That sounds right. Yeah, I think he attended one of the Eagles games. Is that Charlie again? Dry That's Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. You okay, pal? What's wrong? He's having a tough time. Um, he hasn't gotten his walk yet, so maybe that has, maybe uh, that has something to do with it. Kenny no Pickett fresh air yet. has two touchdowns to seven interceptions so far this year. Which oh, yeah. Say, is that right? Okay. I yeah, didn't look at that. He's not good. <laughs> he's not fumbled yet. Uh, he, the small hands, no fumbles? I, that's what I mean. That's why I brought that up. <laughs> I I think I'm higher on a Kenny Pickett than others. Uh, I think even though these numbers don't look good, I thought he's had some nice moments. I think he has some ability. I don't know that he's ever mm-hmm. going to be an amazing starter, but I think he could be a solid starter. Um, so like, I don't think they're just going to come in and necessarily uh, dog walk him, if you will. But I think he could have some moments, and his mobility is something that I think that yeah. kind of present a challenge for the Eagles' defense. I could see him scrambling, moving the chains, kind of being a little bit annoying um, in theory. He can kind of play the way that you ideally would want to play against John or the way that Jonathan Gannon's defense is designed to make you play, which is like keep checking it down mm-hmm. and kind of just play smart and, you know, don't do anything like stupid and don't force it. Um, so uh, he can kind of play that way at the same time when he's limited to playing that way and he can't test them deep at all. You know, obviously the Eagles can kind of challenge him maybe to do something he doesn't isn't as uh want to do so uh it doesn't really scare me at all uh, there's not really much of a run game like Najee Harris is a big name but they have yeah. not been their offensive line is not very good which is also an it issue. all starts there yes. yeah so uh yeah this I mean you know the receivers on paper are like uh formidable They're- they're talented. Yeah, like that's it's a it's a talented group, but they've George Pickens. Everyone loves George Pickens. Uh, he's made some insane catches. He's a guy who can, you know, the Eagles have. You feel good about the Eagles cornerbacks, but I, he's a guy who they could have perfect coverage on him, and he can just go up and make a play, an insane play. Yeah, I think going back to your Kenny Pickett uh, stuff, you look at like the way the Eagles defended Kyler Murray, where occasionally they would have a spy on him. And for the most part, that was Kaiser White. I think they mixed in a little Hassan Reddick in, in that role too. I don't know that you're going to do that for for no. Kenny Pickett, 
Um, but you do have to be wary of him being able to beat you with his legs. Like he's mm-hmm. made, he's made plays with his legs so far this year for the Steelers did it all throughout his college career and he can get outside the pocket and make throws on the run. So I do think there is some sort of element that they want to implement from that Cardinals game into this game where you want to keep him in the pocket. At least again, you don't need a spy necessarily, but I don't think you want him escaping the pocket. You don't want to just um, like recklessly attack up field, like have yes. you know, rush discipline, which the Eagles had in that Cardinals game make him beat you with his arm from the pocket. Yeah. And I think you can force him into bad throws and uh, capitalize on that with turnovers. So uh, we'll see what their game plan is on that front. But yeah, as you mentioned, th- those receivers, th- it's a, the, the trio of, of uh, pick of uh, Pickens, uh, Chase, Chase Claypool had four touchdowns against the Eagles mm. in 2020. The Steelers don't have Nate Gary to pick on anymore. Uh, so like, it's not going to be as easy for, for them to, to do that again uh, against the, against the Eagles this, this time around. Uh, but he's got these big, he's a big guy, big target can break tackles after the catch. And Deontay Johnson is, yep. is a guy that made the pro bowl last year, you know, yep. over a hundred catches uh, over a thousand yards last year. He's been inconsistent this year. His numbers are way, way down this year. Um, but again, all three of these guys can, can make plays. Pickens is really intriguing. He's 6'3", 200, I think. And he can make contested catches. Uh, he's got like amazing body control. He's got ball skills out, you know, like like crazy. The the catch that he made against, was it the Browns, I think? Mm-hmm. Just insane. Like that's, that was a better catch than OBJ, uh, yeah. in my opinion. And then he made another play against the Dolphins kind of twisting and turning his body as, as he went up uh, on a fade uh, into the end zone, made a great play. Uh, I think that's his only touchdown this season, but that was a great play. So there is sort of an element of just throw it up yeah. and maybe he makes plays. Um, again, that's dangerous when you're doing that against Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who have made plays in the football all year as well. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it is, a, it is a talented group that just has not been great. Uh, so for Chase Claypool has been sort of involved in uh, trade rumors as well. Yeah, uh, he may get moved to to a contender at some point. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that um, that's probably like the scariest thing about this team. <laughs> like, are those wide receivers? And I've had people from like the Eagles fans that like live in the Pittsburgh area that know the Steelers well. But they're like, what? Like, <laughs> you think their receivers are good? So. Uh, that tells you something like where I'm looking from my perspective. I think that's like the scariest thing about their team. And they're like, no, they're not really scary at all. And then also you you throw in that, uh, you know, maybe that those three talented receivers are, are sort of wasted, not wasted, but like uh, the Eagles match up against them because their secondary has been stellar so far this year. Uh, I just think it's a great matchup really across the board for the Eagles in this game. Yeah. The last thing I'll say on the Steelers uh, when it comes to the matchup is like kind of we, what we just talked about there. They're not, this listless team. Like they're, and I know they've been bad. They have the word, they're not good for sure, but they're, they have some things you can point to and be like, okay, that's an, that's a good thing they have going for them. Mm-hmm. And that's an intriguing thing. Uh, if this game somehow ends up being more of a dogfight than expected, which is a possibility if Mike Tomlin is involved and the Steelers are an underdog, then that's where like, okay, you know, George Pickens just making an insane play could like cost you the game. If you, if you mess around, if you're the Eagles and you mess around and you let this yeah. game be close, I'm saying that's my point. It's like if you mess around, this team can beat you. Like you are like yeah. if, if you if they have things they can go find to. Out. Yeah, don't they don't <laughs> mess around. Um don't let this team hang don't, around. Don't find out. Yeah, this is a team that um whereas, you know, by contrast, I think there are teams that are probably more listless and you could kind of uh let them hang around and you could just eventually kind of hit them with the knockout punch, kind of like the Cowboys did to the Lions last week, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that the Steelers are that kind of team. I think you kind of want to put them away and kind of snuff out any kind of hope and then you'll you'll be good. I don't think they're going to yeah. 
callback or the major comeback. I don't think they're that kind of built to do that. Um, but if you let them hang around and you play down to their level of competition, then that's where things could get a little bit more um, uh, dicey, if you will. Uh, all right. Anything else? Uh, no, I think that's Any it. Any special teams uh, factors? I think you mentioned um, their punt returner. Yeah. So Gunnar Olszewski, I think is how you pronounce it. He was uh, you know, punt returner for the, for the Patriots for years. Actually, was first team all pro returner for them in 2020, I think, um, has a lofty yards per return average over his career. I think it's 12.0. He signed with the Steelers this off season. He was terrible earlier this year. He had a couple fumbles, uh, was averaging like six and a half yards per, per return or something like that. Actually lost his job to Steven Sims. Uh, I didn't think Sims was going to play in this game. So I highlighted Olszewski in my five matchups to watch but Sims was limited in practice, mm-hmm. so he may wind up playing and be, being their returner. But just generally speaking, Eagle special teams, they've had big mistakes so far this year. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't hurt them in terms of that you know big mistake leading to a loss. And they've been fortunate that some of their big mistakes weren't worse. Like the field goal block could have been returned for a touchdown. Aaron Sipos makes the tackle. Uh, 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 Britton Covey is you know, muffed, muffed a punt. It, they were able to recover it, uh, didn't turn into a, a disaster. But this is the kind of opponent where, I mean, not the, you can't really ever have a big special teams mistake. Like it's, that's never ideal. But that's the one thing that can kind of turn a game against a bad opponent like this. So they just have to make sure they at least stalemate in this game. Uh, the Steelers don't have great special teams. I think they're, um, you know, sort of the bottom of the of the uh, of the league, uh, according to. Uh, football outsiders in terms of DVOA. So it's not like this is a great special teams unit, but uh, Olszewski was sort of the guy that I highlighted because he, he is capable of a big play, but also capable of a big play going the, going the other way too. So if he's the returner, I think he's a guy to, to keep an eye on, but it looks like Steven Sims might play in which case he'll be the primary returner, both on kick and punts for the Steelers. Jimmy, I want to hear about Kristen Roach of Rotary Litters and RotaryLitters.com. She can be reached at 856-906-9295. Again, 856-906-9295 if you are looking to buy or sell your home. Brandon? Back after this. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Roach of Roach Real Tours. She's the greatest. 856 906 Back here on BGN Radio, where it's time to get into our picks. We didn't end up doing like a preview show last week, so we kind of missed picks last week. But that's all right. It was the buy. We deserved a buy too. Uh, uh, I didn't even think about that, but oh well. Yeah. What are you going to do? No, what, what can you do? <laughs> Before we get into our picks today, I want to mention that we still have the uh, BGN DraftKings same game parlay running. <laughs> We've not hit on one yet. Trying to get one to hit. Um, we will have one of those for this week. Again, not up yet because some of the. Um, uh, props don't really come up until closer till game day, but it will be up on game day 
on the at bleeding green Twitter account may post it on the bleeding green nation Instagram story. That's at bleeding green Insta as well. Uh, so you can kind of see what the parlay is and then decide if you want to bet on it or not every week, the season will be cooking up that parlay. Thanks to our good friends at DraftKings and have it uh, on our socials there for you, the loyal BGN radio, radio listeners to follow. Uh, I'm clearly just reading copy at this point. It's fine. Uh, be sure to check out the Twitter. Uh, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jimmy, let's get into the actual picks, but I will once again not do that right away because I forgot to set the records. We're close. I am 13 and 12 against the spread so far this year. You are right behind me at 12 and 13. And then we are both five and one when it comes to picking the Eagles straight up. We got the Vikings game wrong, but nothing else wrong. By the way, I am now, I think, six and one in my locks of the week on the SB Nation NFL show against the spread. Um, so I'm I'm creaming uh, RJ. So you're moving to Vegas is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, you're hey. Turn this into a profession. My locks of the week are doing very well. The only game I got wrong was kind of an emotional hedge pick on that Vikings game. Okay. Um, all right. So we have five games to get to. And not a lot of time to do it. So let's roll through. The Raiders are one and a half point favorites at the Saints. I said earlier in the week, this is a big game in terms of the tank standings. Yeah. Need the Raiders to win. I think they do. I'll take the Raiders to cover one and a half in New Orleans. Me too. The Raiders are good, in my opinion. Um, their record doesn't. You look at all these teams around the league where you go, that, that, that team is not as good as their record, like the Giants, for example, maybe. Well, this team is much better than the record would indicate. And I think they roll the, by the way, the, the Saints. Jameis Winston is healthy mm-hmm. and they've just decided, nah, you know what? We're going to start Andy. We're going to continue to start to start Andy Dalton, even after the terrible game that he had last week. So yeah, the, the vibes in uh, new Orleans, not great. Give me the, give me the Raiders. Would you not start Jameis? I just, or w- w- I would, would start you start Jameis? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's better than Dalton. I mean, Jameis Winston isn't saving their season. No, <laughs> but like at least, at least with Jameis, there's some big play potential. Okay. He might he might throw some interceptions, but with sure. Dalton, you're getting the interceptions without the big play potential. Yeah, I, I can see that argument, but to me, it just I just who cares? You know, if I'm a Saints fan, I'm like, it doesn't there's no solution there. You're just kind of it's to me, it's six dozen one way, half dozen the other. Uh, okay. Not six dozen, six one way, half dozen the other. Sorry, six dozen versus uh, half dozen is not the same number. Uh, there are only four teams ahead of the Saints currently in the draft order. It's the Lions at number one. They're one and five. The Texans at one, four and one. And then mm-hmm. the Panthers right now at two and five, also the same record as the Saints, but the mm-hmm. uh, strength of uh, schedule tiebreaker is currently in play there. And then there are other, what, how many other two and five teams are there? There's a few other two and five teams, I think, right? The ones that are behind the Saints, they're one, two, three, four. That is the Cleveland pick going to Houston, the Denver pick going to Seattle, uh, the Steelers, who the Eagles are playing, and then the Jags. So okay. that's what you're working with. Uh, obviously, Eagles fans will be rooting for another Saints loss to ensure that high pick. Maybe a Will Anderson in Philly would be fun. All right. Moving to the NFC East of it all. The Commanders are two and a half point favorites at the Colts, who are starting Sam Ellinger now instead of Matt Ryan. Who do you have? I have the Commanders winning this game. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I think the Colts uh, season could potentially spiral here. I guess they really like Sam Allinger based on what he did in training camp. And then apparently he, he lit it up in the preseason. I wouldn't know. Um, I don't think that matters. <laughs> like I think the, the idea that he's going to come in and, and play well in the regular season is a, is a different animal. 
I like the way that the commander's defensive line has played uh, this season. And I think they, Taylor Heineke gives them a better chance uh, to win in this game than Carson Wentz certainly did. Um, forget the game. I think the most intriguing thing about this game is Jim Ursay hmm. having made comments about you know, basically he he made he made no bones about it. Just doesn't want Dan Snyder to own the Commanders anymore. I think they should just skip the game and have Jim Ursay and Dan Snyder just fight at the fifty yard line, and whoever wins just give that give that team the win. Okay. Yeah, I think I, I think people would sign up for that. That's like that fits today's <laughs> culture of you know these celebrity boxing things too, right? You know. Yes. Um, yeah. Who do you think it's? Who you're gonna have for this game when it comes to your rooting guide for the Eagles? Who do you think the Eagles fans should be rooting for? Uh, I think it's probably best if the if the Commanders lose this. Okay, game. sure. I they're agree. they're at a point at at three and four where you know if they win a game they're four and four and they mm-hmm. maybe have uh you know maybe they start believing that they can win games and yeah. I think the the sooner they those dreams are dashed. Uh, the better it is for the Eagles when they play the Commanders Week Ten. Mm-hmm. So if they go on a little ro- losing streak, I think you'd rather play a team with the bad vibes than the good ones. I'll take the Colts to win here. Uh, don't have a huge idea of what Sam Ellinger is going to be about, but I'm I'm certain that Matt Ryan was so cooked that maybe Ellinger and just having someone who can kind of run around a little bit, he has some mobility, can uh, mm-hmm. help them. I don't know. Also, like. You know, the Commanders won last week, but I think that also has a lot to do with the Packers being a disaster right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you yeah, know, no, I don't feel amazing about this game. I would stay away from betting it, honestly, at all. But I'll take the Colts with the points at home. You know, why not? Maybe they can pull off an upset. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Oh, wait, the Colts are getting points now? Yeah, the Commanders the are two-and-a-half-point com- favorites, I said. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm taking the points. Um, Giants at Seahawks. This is my lock of the week. It can't be canonically for the SB Nation NFL show because I made a rule on that show where you can't pick the same team back-to-back weeks because that's no fun. I have I have Colts minus three here. I Are my, are my line is my line Let me look bad? at DraftKings. I have the window open still. I have – oh, yeah, sorry. You're right. My bad. Um, well, I'm still going to take the Colts. So you're going to take the Commanders <laughs> plus five or plus yeah, two Yeah, I want my points, man. All right, fine. You get them. Sorry. Sorry, everyone. Uh, I messed that one up. <laughs> I mean, I don't like that bet as much, say, but I got, I'll take it. I, I, just, I, I wrote my picks before the yeah. podcast started. I'm like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't want that one to be one of my picks now. <laughs> I'm going to take the Seahawks to win uh, in cover. They are three-point favorites in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They were my lock of the week against the Chargers last week. They were plus five. Geno's playing at, like, an elite level by, like, all metrics. By any kind of quarterback metric you want to find, like, he's playing at a very high level. I'm a big Kenneth Walker guy, as I mentioned to you. Like, I believe in him wholeheartedly. Um, I think he could give the Giants some trouble. The Giants are certainly not a bad team. They're a good team, but they're not a scary team. Not a team you're scared of. And I said, I think the Seahawks could kind of emerge as this big threat in the NFC here. Mm -hmm. I'm buying Geno right now. Kenneth Walker, as I mentioned, um, they have the weapons, Metcalf and and Lockett and everything. Um, They have some playmakers on defense with, with Diggs there. And Tariq Woolen coming on as a rookie, like Pete Carroll, I think is also for as much as we, I think his stock went down a lot in recent years. And we thought, you know, he was a big reason for the demise. I'm sure he wasn't blameless, but I think, you know, Russ clearly takes a big part in that. Uh, and he's a good coach. So I will take the Seahawks. I think the Giants are due for a loss at some point here. And I'll say it's this week. Have you ever played blackjack at a, at a casino? I have. 
I went to AC one time. I won $2 and then I cashed out because I didn't want to lose. <laughs> I bet 20 bucks. No, I mean like at a table, not at, not like the slots blackjack. Um, I think so. Maybe. Maybe not. Okay. So like if you're winning, uh, no, even if the odds are against you, you just keep going and keep going and keep going. I've been picking the Giants every week mm-hmm. for a while and they just keep. They just keep panning out for me, so I'm 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 going to ride that until okay. uh, until they lose a game. So uh, yeah, give me the Giants and and what I get three points with that too. Yep. I feel good about the Seahawks. I think they're going to do it. Uh, Cowboys are nine and a half point favorites against the Chicago Bears, who are now without Robert Quinn. Yeah, I had the Bears uh, plus nine and a half here. Uh, I think that with this trade, it changes my opinion a little wow. bit. Not because I think Robert Quinn is that's super valuable to this team. But I think that the reaction by Roquan Smith shows a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, you you trade one of, I mean, let's be honest. Robert Quinn still probably is one of their best players. And when you trade one of your best players, you're signaling that, okay, well, we're not trying to get, we're not trying to be a playoff team anymore. So uh, I think that trickles down through the locker room. Um, I had this as one of my picks in my written picks, mm-hmm. and I only I only pick like five or six games every week. Uh, I still will take the Bears and the points, Ooh. I guess, but uh, I Spicy. feel less good about it. It will not be one of my picks anymore in my written version. Uh, I'll take. I, I just don't like the game at all anymore. Um, but I. But if you know, gun to my head, I will take the Bears because the look at the Cowboys. Like mm-hmm. they're obviously the much better team here, but. They don't score a lot of points, and they play close games. And even this, even this past week, they won what twenty four to six, which would have covered whatever spread. Um, that game sure. was very close, and sh- I mean, the Lions had a chance to win that game late in the game, and then they just poured on some garbage points at the end of that game. So, um, yeah, I kind of like the Bears here. Plus, what is it nine nine and a half, or is it ten now? Nine and a half. Cowboys nine okay. and a half. Give, give me the Bears nine and a half. I will give you that and i will give the points in this game because i am not a justin fields guy i'm very much that's very much my brand <laughs> okay because in part because everyone else just is fawning over him for the most ridiculous stuff like everyone's <laughs> like he was amazing on monday night against the patriots he fumbled four times he didn't throw for 200 yards he completed 13 <laughs> passes he didn't rush for even 100 yards this is like what we're like i'm just telling you like the bar just, is low I was not watching the game or not all yeah. of it. I, I saw some of it. I, I did not watch the entire game live going off of what I saw on Twitter about what was being tweeted about Justin Fields versus like the actual stat line that I saw did not match up at all. Like people yeah. go nuts about him because they want him to be so good, so bad. And it's ridiculous. I, I always get into how people were like acting like it was a canonical mistake for all the teams that passed on him. Like they were like the biggest idiots of all time and the bears of all teams outsmarted everyone. Like, give me a break with that. I am I am not betting on Justin Fields. Bears are coming off a short week, too, since they did play on Monday Night Football and on the road and now have to travel from, you know, having gone to New England or, you know, whatever, Foxborough, down to Dallas now. Like, that's also a, a disadvantage working against them, and they, they lost Robert Quinn. I agree that the Cowboys have not looked amazing. Um, uh, and st- certainly Dak was not good in his first game back, but... Justin Fields, again, he fumbled four times, and they did not turn the ball over once. That's very lucky. Justin Fields is going to make mistakes. He's going to take sacks. He's going to turn the ball over. That's going to be an issue, and that gives me faith that the Cowboys can cover. I think the offense can do enough, and the defense will force some turnovers, and maybe maybe even be able to score some points um, on their end. By the way, I forgot to mention Carson Wentz. 
in the Colts part. I don't know if we ever did we ever talk that like, he's not going to play in Philly because <laughs> that's kind of significant. Did we not talk about that? Okay. Maybe we did. I don't remember. I think we did. But um, there's an article, as I mentioned on the mixtape this week with RJ that uh, from Hogshaven that Carson Wentz should never play a snap with the Commanders again, and they're right to be clear because <laughs> he shouldn't. Because um, you know, if Heineke, if they doing if they're doing decently with him, they should keep him in. And if they're not, then they should play Howell. There's no really situation where it makes sense to play Wentz and right. give up that second round pick. But I just wanted to shout out that that article was already up. It's on... funny that we didn't even mention him when we made those when he, when we made our Washington picks. Exactly. I mean, he's just be, he's already become so irrelevant. Okay, we did talk about this because we talked about like where do you think he's going to be next year? And you and RJ think yeah, he's going to yeah, be yeah. in the league still as a backup, and I just I don't. Uh, but he he avoids booze both at uh, Indianapolis and Philadelphia by breaking his finger. So it's it's a win on that front, I guess. For did he us. break his finger on purpose? Eight eight eight. No, six one zero. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the Philadelphia Eagles game, who were favored by as much as eleven points earlier this week, uh, but has since dropped back down to ten and a half point favorites mm-hmm. against the Stillers. The Stillers, who have not won in Philadelphia, Jimmy, since nineteen sixty five. That's kind of crazy too. It's only been nine games, I think, but still, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the the Jets, where the Jets have never uh, beaten the Eagles. Um, I like that. Anyway. I, I don't want to ever hear crap from Jets fans. <laughs> like when I was growing up, even before the Eagles had won the Super Bowl, you, you can't talk to me. You can't you can't not beat the, the Eagles? Jets? You got Jets fans chirping at you? Yeah, because oh, the Eagles didn't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> You've not beaten the Eagles. I don't want to hear this from you. Um. I uh, I like the Steelers and the points in this game. Wow. I think this is another game Uh-oh. where the Eagles get a big lead, to, you know, you know, like another another two score, fourteen, you know, twenty point lead, something like that. <clears throat> and then uh, you know they they play the ball control game in the second half, and the Steelers get some garbage touchdown late, and and they get the backdoor cover. But I think this is a game that is emphatically won by the Eagles, but for whatever reason, the score but not just too doesn't. Emphatically. The, the the score at you know at the end doesn't doesn't tell the picture doesn't tell the story mm-hmm. of what actually happened in the game. Yeah, I think that's a, a reasonable bet. I think it's the cowards bet. Have some faith, Jimmy. <laughs> have some faith in the Eagles. Not that you have to root for them, but in terms of, uh, I think they've earned that. They're coming off this by, so they're mostly healthy. They're well rested. I think mm-hmm. um, there is something to getting a new player also, where I think that player is excited to make a big play for his new team. I think maybe, mm-hmm. you know, we see maybe like a big Robert Quinn strip sack or something like that, assuming he does get in. Uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles. You know, if TJ Watt was playing, I'd have a much different outlook on this mm-hmm. game. But like his, just his absence alone is a, is a huge factor. Him not yeah. being there is really big. Um, so there's just nothing really about this Steelers team that makes me think they're going to win the game. Again, I think there's a path to where if the Eagles – Eagles would have to beat themselves is how they would lose the Steelers is how I see it. And, and I think if, if they do, then the Steelers could have that one opportunity where they make a big play and steal the win. Um, but I think the Eagles have earned enough benefit of the doubt where they're not going to do that. I think they're going, going to come out of the bye um, in a good way, just like they did last year, right? They came out of the mm-hmm. bye last year when they uh, beat the, the, the snot out of the Lions, right? That was that game because they, they, they played to the Raiders. They lost. They had the bye, I think. And then they... They beat the crap out of the Lions, forty-four to six in Detroit. Um, so I think they're they're maybe it's very early, but maybe Sirianni kind of has some uh, bye week magic like that Andy Reid used to have, 
and mm-hmm. he's good coming out of those situations. And I think that coaching staff deserves some credit there. I think they they have been good at planning and stuff. So I think there there could be some benefit to having that week off. Um, and Steelers also their track record this year. They have two wins, and they're both by one was by three points in overtime. The other one was by two points in regulation against a Bucks team that has terrible vibes. So um, I the, the the Bills absolutely crushed the the Steelers in uh, Buffalo. I think the Eagles, you know, are up there with the Bills in terms of the best yeah. teams in the league. So I think the Eagles have that capability as well. I think it's a blowout win. Eagles roll. I think Jalen Hurts has probably one of his better passing games he's had in a while. Because he really hasn't had one of those in a bit now. Not that he's been bad, but, you know, like he hasn't had since really Washington, right? Like that big passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's due for one of those. And Eagles win. They cover. I'm going to say the score, let's say, is uh, 28 to uh 12 okay and then we can focus on the phillies yeah let's get your official for those who can't see which is everyone so we don't not recording video yet uh, i'm wearing my bright red phillies hat what is your official world series prediction jimmy phillies in seven wow do you know the phillies have never played a game seven i don't know are we just talking we're not just talking world series here right Ever. or we you, you, They've literally not in like never the NL, played not in the game. NLCS either. They've never played really game seven ever. That is a wild stat. I think part of hmm. it was the format used to be different. Um, back in the like, way yeah, back. Well, it used to be just four teams made the playoffs, right? <laughs> it's the ALCS and the NLCS, and then they played the World yep. Series. Uh, I was talking to a good friend James Seltzer, which I want to who I want to shout out in our final thoughts, by the way. But um, in the meantime, uh. Yeah, uh, I think the Phillies win in five. I'm going to say it. Who cares? The Astros haven't lost yet. I just think this is the the formula is very simple. You steal one in Houston, steal one in the first two. You don't even need to win both. I, both is obviously great. I would take it. Win one of the first two. I feel great. Win one of the first two. They haven't lost in Philly. I know the Astros haven't lost at all, but the the Philly Phillies have not lost in Philly, and I think there's something to that. The tickets are ridiculous. They're like thirteen. Uh, $100 in Philly right now, like to mm-hmm. get in the door uh, at Citizens Bank Park. Meanwhile, in Houston, they're only like, you know, 300 Uh This team, Philly's team, reminds me a lot of the 2017 Eagles, as we talked about, I think, earlier in the week. They have vibes. They're going up against this cheater team in the championship that the whole <laughs> yes. country is basically rooting against. Yes. I, I just... The Phillies, like, have they really come this far? Screw this team. I yeah. I, I hate this team sight unseen just yeah. on the cheating alone. They're, I mean, they're big cheaters. And they're probably still cheating. And they're probably going to cheat again. Like, that doesn't just stop. Like, the Patriots Not didn't stop. Not only cheaters, but, like, we're just basically like, mm, Yes. We don't care that we cheated. Well, <laughs> also, I think at first, if I'm not mistaken, their owner was like, how dare you accuse us of this? Like, because there were accusations. <laughs> yes, and, like, right. so they, like, acted right. holier than thou and then got yes. caught with their hand in the cookie jar, which is even more embarrassing. <laughs> like, you didn't even, obviously, your teams aren't going to fess up to it, but to, you made yourself look like even more of a fool. Right. Screw this team. <laughs> so, yeah, I agree. I'm, <laughs> come on. If you're, if you're scared of the Astros, get a dog. That's my official stance here. Um, okay. It's not about the Astros. I don't care if they're undefeated. The that's Astros exactly. Be... That's exactly the way to put it. It's yeah. not about that. It's not about that. They should be scared of the Phillies. The Phillies are the team to beat. They're the most dangerous team here. Astros have been cruising. They think, oh, this is going to be easy. Big mistake. Huge. Uh, as was once <laughs> said in Pretty Woman. Um, all right. Uh, any final thoughts about you, Jimmy? Well, I'm going to be in Houston. Um, that's right. Game five. Are you going to go? So for our listeners. Uh, say a prayer for me that I don't get my ass kicked mm. for 
acting like a jackass at a Houston bar when the Phillies win game five. So you're not going to go to a game. (laughs) Well, so if it, if it gets to game six, yeah, that is Friday night. Mm -hmm. My flight home from Houston is like sometime early afternoon, I I believe. So I have a decision to make Mm. if I'll I'll have time once I'm out there. If, if the if the season, if the series goes to six to like, you know, maybe extend my hotel stay, change my flight. If it all makes sense, then you got to do it. Take it. Maybe if it makes sense, uh, yeah. I feel like you're right. I feel like it's kind of like, especially if it's a potential. So Close if it's a out. potential <laughs> Phillies clinching yeah. game, then yeah, I'll do everything I can to stay out there and, and go see that game. Yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, I, I won't do that until I know that a game is going to be played. I'm not going to change. I don't want to change my flight. And then yes. like, and then I'm staying in Houston an extra, especially if, like if Houston were to win in like five or something oh, like yeah. that. No, and then no, I'm no, out no. in Houston for an extra day. That's a nightmare. I agree. So I don't want to have to do that. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I do have decisions to, I, I, I will be of course watching all that closely. I am also, I'm in my mind right now, I'm going to one of the games in Philly. I'm, I'm going to do it. You are. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Oh, in my you, mind. You, you haven't, you don't have tickets yet. You're just going to no. know where there's a, well, there's a way I'm, no, I'm going to, I'm going to buy them, but I just, I don't have them yet yeah. because I'm going to, I want to see how it plays out. So okay. if they go down Oh two and they're getting like smoked, then I'm probably not going to go to three. Tickets, the prices are going to come down. Well, also yes, but I, I probably necessarily won't go to three. And I'll see how three goes. And then if they go down 0-3, then I'm, then I'm not going to go at all, <laughs> probably. Or at least I'm not going to go to game four. But if they win game four, if they make it 3-1, okay, then maybe I go to game five at yeah. that point. Um, yeah. If they're 1-1 one one or anything better, I'm obviously going to like game three or yeah. game four. Um, okay. Or maybe, yeah, I, or I'm definitely going to one of the games in Philly. So uh, if you're also there and you want to, I don't know, uh, vibe together in some way, let me know. I'm on Twitter, at Brandon Young and Instagram, at Brandon Young. Um, so that's our Phillies thing. Uh, I asked you for final thoughts. That was your final thought, right? No. So Butters, the cat, Butters, the cat has your cat. Butters, the cat, who is also my cat has hyperthyroidism. Oh no. Uh, he, no, it's actually good news. Oh, okay. He has, he has lost. He is a big ass cat. Like, <laughs> like he, he, he weighed a lot and, uh, he lost like seven pounds, since the last time he's been to the vet and that that's a lot of weight for that's not a lot of weight for me or you but it is for a cat uh so uh, i was very concerned about what could be wrong with my beloved my beloved butters the cat uh he has hyperthyroidism which was causing him to Hmm. uh vomit quite a bit and Uh. to lose weight uh, but that is a very fixable thing. Evidently, he's he's going to get on medication, Boom. and he's hopefully he'll be his fat ass self soon, uh, <sighs> which I'm looking forward to once again. So, butters the cat, hyperthyroidism, good news, uh, and he's now 16 and a half years wow. old. Butters the cat, uh, so you know, still going strong. Yep, still still got pep in the step, still spry. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we have butters around for another five or six years at least. Shout out to butters. Um, shout out to Charlie who kind of joined the show today. Uh, also big shout out to my good friend and a friend of yours as well, I would say, or at least an acquaintance and BGN radio co-founder once upon a time, all the way back in Mm -hmm. 2013, James Seltzer, our good friend, James, uh, was promoted to the WIP morning show producer role 
He was previously, obviously, on the middays from 10 to 2 with uh, Joe DeCamera and John Ritchie, who are now the new morning show to replace Angelo Cotaldi. Huge deal. I mean, Angelo's been here for, what, like 30 years, forever? Mm-hmm. On the, like, that's, yeah. that's, that's the definitive. Not just, like, I mean, I think Preston and Steve are technically the, the, the number one show overall. But, you know, like, easily the definitive sports show in um in philly as the morning show on wip so huge deal for james to be producing that um sorry buddy that your sleep schedule probably is now all effed <laughs> up for a long time but i mean you'll yeah. certainly take it with the, the the prestige and i'm sure everything that comes along with such an amazing opportunity james works incredibly hard <laughs> does produces on the midday show every week does his uh radio show that we used to do on wip um on Saturdays every week, like just driving out to like do these remote things sometimes, uh, you know, podcasts about the Eagles game every Sunday. Like, he, he cannot work, no one works harder than James Seltzer. And he is also a great dude who I still hang out with a decent amount. I just saw him, uh, and his buddy Tommy, my buddy Tommy, on uh, to watch the Phillies game on last Friday. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that our friendship has lasted this long and, and I'm sure we'll continue to last many years. But give James a follow on Twitter, he doesn't really tweet a lot. Um, but at James Seltzer, uh, you'll certainly be seeing great things coming from him from the morning show. If you don't know him already, somehow, um, definitely look out for great things uh, for a person that deserves a lot of great things. So big shout out to good friend, James. I've told this story about James before, I believe, on the podcast. The Irish car bombs. Not everyone, not everyone lis- yeah. listens to every episode, so I'll just tell it again real quick. But I did a guest bartending thing at uh, Chickies and Pete's in Philly, right by the stadium. Um, and like there were a lot of other Philly media people there, including James uh, and including Ray Diddy. So <laughs> Ray Diddy and James were talking and. Hey, Kristen Roach. Hey, yeah. Can you shut the door? Jimmy is leaning back in his chair, pointing at the door behind him. Okay, where great. Kristen Roach is, has some really cool pink sneakers. I like those. I bought those for her. Nice. Good pick. <laughs> anyway, uh, me, James, and Ray Diddy are, uh, are uh, you know, just we're, this is during a part where I was not being the, the bar, the guest bartender. Mm-hmm. I was just hanging out uh, at the bar. And uh, me, Kristen Roach, actually, nice. uh, and James were going to do uh, Irish car bombs. And <laughs> we're, like, we're like, come on, Diddy, do one with us. Diddy, I don't think Diddy drinks no. at all. He's, so, he's also like, what, 70 <laughs> something or whatever. Yeah. Well, we invited him to do an sure. Irish car bomb. It's very us. nice, but he doesn't need but that BS. J- James is like, now I can, I, I can do an, I can do an Irish car bomb. What is an know, Irish car bomb for the people who don't know, Jimmy? And also, so let's say, drink responsibly, everyone. <laughs> it's like you fill the a, a pint glass up, not fill it up, but you you, you fill you fill it up like two thirds of the way, half the way. I think it varies uh, with Guinness, and then you have uh, a shot of it's half Jameson, half Bailey's. You drop the uh, the shot in, bang it out. So James is like, "I'm going to beat you. Like <laughs> you don't have a chance." And I'm like, "Yeah, okay, we'll see." Because, uh, you know, like I said, I know I can do an Irish car bomb. Mm-hmm. This guy can basically just oh, pour yeah. water down his face. Yep. Like he it's basically just he, he could he could drink as fast as you could pour a beer down the sink. Yeah. It's crazy. He just opens his throat and bang, he, just, he pours it down into his body. It's crazy. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. So uh, James, for as good of a radio producer and and uh, podcaster and whatever else he is, he is the, one of the best 
like beer pounders. Yeah. Like we saw Jason Kelsey, you know, pound oh, the yeah. beer at, at, at the Phillies game with the Philly fanatic. James Seltzer yeah. would smash Jason Kelsey in uh, a beer drinking contest. Hands down. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not the only time I've seen him do that. Um, <laughs> he is, he is a special skill. Um, one of the other favorite things I'll say about James, in addition to just working with him so long at BGN radio and, uh, many good things I could say about James, a couple things. One of them, dude is like wired in terms of like, he wakes up in the morning and he is James Seltzer, like from like he's <laughs> yes. zero to a hundred, like asleep. Now I'm awake and now I'm fully, it's literally just like flipping a switch. So I always love that about him. I thought that was so funny. Um, has the most, that's why he's able to work as hard as he does. He's like energy for days. Yeah. And I've seen yeah. him tired. He does get tired, but it's only because he does like 50 amount of times of work as anyone else could like reasonably handle. And the other, my other favorite thing about James, um, which kind of I think just speaks to his uh, personality at some level, like it's just the confidence, the unmistakable confidence that you just mentioned there about like, oh yeah, I can mm-hmm. easily smoke you. Like he doesn't even know anything about your track <laughs> yes. record, but he's just so confident in himself um, was when we went to National Mechanics in Old City one time. And he was like, because he is a very specific wing order, like, like Buffalo wing order. He tells okay. them to like burn it because he he likes well done wings. And they like no one ever listens to him. They never do him like well done. They're like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do that. And they'd never do it. So he almost <laughs> wants them to just like, you'd almost rather have them literally burnt than like and underdone at all. Because he figures if he, he says burnt, they're not going to actually burn him, but they actually yeah, yeah, get yeah. closer to well done. Right. Um. So that's a fun fact about him. And uh you know, maybe get him some wings sometime if you see James because he likes them, but make sure they're very well done. Um, all right. That does it for this big episode of BGN Radio, the Eagle Steelers preview, Robert Quinn emergency reaction podcast, uh, James Salter shout out podcast and Phillies preview, which by the way, Phillies coverage, you want to go to thegoodfight.com. Uh, our good friend John Stolness does stuff for them and did an article for us on BGN this week that kind of has like an Eagle Sand rooting guide to Phillies. Uh, the Phillies here. So, okay. you know, if you're not a Phillies fan or not from the Philly market and kind of you don't really like follow along with baseball and you don't get it, that's kind of, I think, a nice way to um, get in the door. Or even if you're not going to root for the Phillies, at least have, again, an appreciation or kind of understanding of why this is so meaningful and what's going on, um, adding context. So check that out on bleedingyournation.com. Check out the that's good, a good fight. idea for a post. I like yeah, that. Yeah, the good fight with a ph. Uh, dot com and their podcast feed as well if you're looking for, you know, pods to get you through and cover the series. Um, check out the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, which you're already doing, and all the shows we have here by downloading, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. All those will get to some reviews at some point here. If you want to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemsky, at BGN underscore radio is the account for Twitter, uh, for the podcast Twitter, at Bleeding Green, for the website Twitter, which is the same game parlay for Josh Kings will be this weekend on game day. BleedingGreenNation.com is where you check out my work. PhillyVoice.com is where you check out Jimmy Kemsky's work. If you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a house, you want to contact Kristen Roach at RoachRealtors.com or this phone number. 856-906-9295. If you're looking for some snacks, you want to go to RighteousFelon.com and use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. We will be back with you after the Eagles advance to 7-0. And the Phillies... Uh, they won't well, have wrapped it up probably by then, but so we'll do a podcast. They'll have, what, they'll have a, a nice lead on the. They'll have a nice yeah. lead on the Astros by then. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Talk Goodbye, to everybody. PGN. <laughs> Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to dos, less time 
and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.